watch and review action movies through a critical lens. I am one of your hosts, Ethan Willard. And I'm your other host, Andy. And today we are talking about 2008's Wreck. But before we talk about that, um, if you're confused by the introduction because there's a new intro song... Um, that is because the wonderful artist, uh, Too Mellow graciously allowed us to use one of their songs, The Welcoming, off their album Atmospheric, uh, Atmospheric Horror Music Volume 2, and I am very excited about it. So, that's why it sounds different. Also, if you're wondering why I sound kind of like a frog, it's because I'm sick! Ew. (laughs) <laughs> just kidding <laughs> i also take back what i said from last episode where you're like where we were talking kind of talking about how like you're kind of excited to be sick because like you don't have to do anything mm-hmm. it's very hard to not do anything when you feel like utter trash <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> um i like couldn't even like play video games because i like couldn't concentrate because i couldn't breathe out of my nose mm-hmm. so mm-hmm would you just like watch um, a bunch of stuff or yeah i was gonna save that for um the recommendation section which is gonna be a new section but it, before we get there how are you doing my son i'm doing very well um i had a, a really crazy week last week because i was getting ready to DJ my first ever wedding which also yeah, happened yeah. to be my best friend's wedding yeah yeah and it was a it was a wild blast. It was so fun. You did a great job. Oh, thank you. Really, really good job. I was kind of sure I would do a bad job, but then I did no. a good job. That's imposter syndrome for me, baby. <laughs> I guess. No, dude, I like very is like any other. Well, no, I'm not gonna say that. It was like any other wedding I've gone to in the sense that like you have you have the cadence down of like introducing guests and all that stuff. But I thought the DJing in particular was a step up. Oh, really? Yes, sir. Well, that's good. I, I did work on it a lot. I really wanted it to be fun for everybody. All your mixes were like the transitions to all the other songs are really cool. Sick. Thank you. Yeah. Very... I, that was all like practiced, rehearsed. So I wanted it to be really smooth. Yeah. Man. What do you. I'm... um? I saw you do. I I saw you doing stuff when you went from song to song. What exactly are you doing on those boards? Well, there's like different stuff you can like do, like low pass filtering, high pass filtering. You can do like echo outs, like um when you filter like a sound, you take out like the high frequencies so only the lows mm-hmm. remain, or you do vice versa. You take out the low frequencies so only the highs remain. So it kind of like carves out. Like the ear kind of like hears less, so it's not like too attached to it. So it kind of mm. gives gives way for like another thing to come in. How did you decide on each song, like going from each song to each song? It's a little bit of stylistic choice mixed mm-hmm. in with the ease of transitioning, which usually comes down to key and or BPM. Oh, okay. Huh. I didn't really do a lot of key stuff. That's a, that's like a next level sort of thing, but yeah. Like beat matching so that 
you know, they're at the same tempo, so you don't feel weird dancing to the previous one, and then you feel like awkward going into the uh, next one. But smart, smart. Um, I like how during Weedus, you sometimes cut out the audio for when people were singing. I thought that was a nice touch. I I knew that folks knew the words, so I thought it'd be fun. Damn to, right they know the words. To expose them. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, that was a very lovely wedding. Alex, if you're listening, congratulations. Katie, if you're listening, congratulations. Yeah. Now we don't have to do anything for you the rest of the year. And I don't have to speak in public for the rest of the year, hopefully. That'd be nice. That'll make you do that at work? Mm, No, not really. Um, That is something that I actively battle against doing because I don't like it. Mm -hmm. Do you have to do that at work? I mean, aside from like talking to customers? I do, actually. I'm... I also am kind of in charge loosely of like our education department. So I, I give lectures to like new hires and I also teach our staff about new coffees and stuff. Oh, that's cool. So I have some practice with public speaking. You were funny. Oh, good. I'm just going to spend this whole episode (laughs) complimenting you. I mean, you, you, your and Laura's speech was like, top notch you guys went on for so long and you had just had like (laughs) so many jokes it was so good thank you you i did i did feel i felt good about it um yeah we got some laughs that night yeah and that always feels good Mm -hmm. especially for how badly my body was feeling (laughs) you you played it off well (laughs) (laughs) oh man the show must go on as they say and it shall. Um, were you gonna say? Were you gonna? I thought you were like we were talking earlier before doing doing the pod, and you were saying something funny, and you were like, "Should I just save it for the pod?" Oh, or... I, I don't know, <laughs> because I was making a face because I'm sore because I uh, went to the gym for the first time in a long time yesterday, and I'm yeah, my body's like, "What are you doing, man?" and uh, we were talking about how at Planet Fitness they have the lunk alarm, mm-hmm. but I've never heard it rung. I, I I think maybe next time I go, I might try and get someone to ring it on me. That'd be kind of funny. What'd you uh, What'd you do at the gym? Oh, I ran on the treadmill, and then I got on some machines, and then I did yeah. an ab workout, and then I stretched. Jeez, oh how long were you there for? I think we usually go for like an hour. Oh my god, that's too much for old <laughs> Ethan. I like a I like a nice like thirty five forty. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean if if I'm going for a run, that's that's usually how how long I go. Yeah, yeah. I always when I used to go to Planet Fitness back in the day, I always wanted to do the row machines. They're so, so like, fun. Every rower I see is in like exquisite shape. Um. And I I could barely do like five minutes on those fucking things. Like the the, the rowing shape is wild. It sucks. It's it's really mental because it's like such an a full body thing. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I would like to be in rowing shape. That'd be fun. Just chip away at it. Yeah, you'll get out there. Um. So as I alluded to at the intro, 
I am going to retire the action question segment because, as I was telling Andy before recording, it's very hard to think of new original questions to ask. Um, and I got an idea from a podcast that Andrew, er, Andrew, Jesus Christ, I've never called you Andrew in my life. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Am I in trouble? So, <laughs> speaking of Andrews, actually, uh, mm. real quick, we were going to have our good, our dear friend Andrew Weigel on this episode, um, to both talk about his, uh, his documentary that he worked on, uh which I'm not going to give the name of because I'm hoping that we'll have him on a uh, episode coming up. But yeah, we were we were going to have him on this episode, but alas, again, I got sick and that threw a wrench in everything. So hopefully he will be on the next episode. Um, but yeah, as I was alluding to at the top, I'm doing away with the action question segment and I am doing a Kind of like a like a recommendation shout out segment. Uh, things that we've liked, we've watched, or read, or played. You know, it could be really anything. So I wanted to start doing this. I got this idea from a podcast that Andy uh, recommended me called Watch If You Dare. Um, good podcast. Uh, if you if anyone's looking for a new podcast to listen to, that's a shout out right there. Look at that. Yeah, those dudes roll. And I was almost hesitant to bring it up on our podcast because then people are going to go listen to their podcast instead of ours because it's so good. Yeah, don't listen to that one. Listen to this one. This Better one... listen to it now because I got a new microphone. That's true. We're leveling up. I know. We're growing up. I'm so proud you of just, us. You just turned 33. Oh, God. I'm about to turn 33. Oh, no. It's a whole new world. <laughs> <laughs> um, so without further ado, anything that you want to shout out today, my my boy? So I haven't really gotten into too many new things. Ki- like, so, you know, it's 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 the Halloween season, my, mm. fa- my favorite time of the year. There's been a lot of people on the internet making fun of people who, like, get really stoked about fall. But oh my god! I I love fall. <laughs> I don't yes. give I don't give a shit. It's the best. As you should. <laughs> my, I guess we're both fall babies, so it kind of yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um. So, like my household, we have like a a dry erase board on the wall, and every year we like put down a bunch of things we want to do, every, like every Halloween season. And one of, one of them is obviously watch a, as much horror as we can. So the last your co- current house, yeah. I thought you meant like your childhood house or something. I mean that would be cool. I had almost the exact opposite experience as a child. <laughs> we don't have to get into that <laughs> unless you want to. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, so the the first kind of official horror movie we watched was The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Oh no 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 no. <laughs> have you seen it i um i was gonna bring it up uh, talking about this movie but i that that's like one of the things that i have a hard time watching when it comes to horror is possession stuff right right so, right. so no I, I have not seen it well the reason we watched it was because my housemates had seen it when they were a kid and recalled it being very terrifying so they were like we have to watch it again you know we know it's scary or whatever 
and uh, apparently they were saying that like they had read in several places that it's considered like one of the scariest movies of all time. It's not. Wow. I'm going to tell okay. you right now it's not. <laughs> I know for a fact it's not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll get into a little bit of it. It's, so it's based on the true story of Annalise Michael, who was a teenager who began to experience episodes of convulsions. In college, and, right? Yeah, she was young. Mm-hmm. And um, so she was diagnosed with epilepsy and schizophrenia. And then her symptoms, her symptoms got worse, and they progressed into intense hallucinations. And given that she was a very religious person, she thought that she was possessed. So her family saw it... Um, religious intervention and um, started to exercise her and because of the exorcisms she was she was exercises because of the exercising (laughs) she died because the priests deprived her of food and water oh my god and that's what brought the case about because they were trying to pin her death on the priest. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the majority, of, well, I wouldn't say majority, but maybe like 50%, if not a little bit more, of the movie takes place from the perspective of like the courtroom and figuring out like what had happened. Oh, and really? Th- and then they uh, superimpose like scenes from like her actual life. And then also there was this uh, other plot of like how the people involved with the case, especially the, the defending uh, lawyer, she starts to get like a little haunted as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was a really interesting movie. I really liked it. Um, oh, you did like it. I like not that scary. Right. Right. I liked it, but the horror felt too outdated. There was like some uh. CGI stuff that just like looked really cheesy and like, and I know like if you saw that stuff as a kid, like obviously that would scare you, but yeah. I've, I've just like seen too many movies since then who 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 are probably very much inspired by this movie. Like for example, my my baseline exorcism movie is The Last The Last Exorcism, which is What's that one. So that one the plot is a, around Is that uh, a found footage one? Yes, it is. Okay. So it's it's based around like a couple who perform exorcisms but they do it in a way that's very performative to kind of give they do it to debunk them right right exactly but like okay basically it's like they are trying to use like smoke and mirrors to be like we we cured you so they'll have yeah. like <laughs> the bed shake and like stuff will fall off the walls because they rigged it to do that yeah to convince the patient that they're not acting but like they're cured of the exorcism, even though the exorcism wasn't actually real. But yeah, but like this movie was so good because the actress who plays the like, the main character who's possessed, she does all this crazy like body, body acting, yeah, and like yeah. She, like the contortionism and all the con- yeah, whatever. It's it's like really really good, and just her like the facial expressions and like the, the noises she makes, she's so good. It's like really, really scary. So I think that's kind of what I thought we were going to watch when we started watching it. And I was like, oh, this isn't, this is a completely different movie. So it's yeah. kind of funny, but, but anyway. That, it's interesting. I remember, I remember the, the, like the trailers and stuff for uh, the exorcism of Emily Rose mm-hmm. and they sure made it seem scary. 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a horror movie. It's scary, but I think yeah. it was just a little, yeah, a little less than. Okay. But anyway, uh, it was good. I liked it. Um, I really like it, it. And there's there's that kind of that idea in a lot of possession movies. If it's like, is it you know psychological or is it actually supernatural? And that's that's yeah. like front and center in this. Or just even the idea of like, how do you argue about supernatural aspects like in the court of law? Because it's like, that doesn't really like go hand in hand. Yeah. So that's interesting. Also, another thing was that a lot of the supernatural stuff that happens in the movie happens around 3 a.m. Like the characters will like wake up around 3 a.m. and then creepy stuff starts happening. But like everyone in our house <laughs> were doing that for like several weeks after we watched the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so crazy, like how it gets into your brain. <laughs> that that also there's a I think I brought this up at a, in a previous episode, but the movie The Fourth Kind. Oh is, yeah, it it's like a hybrid of found foot. It's like a it's like a hybrid mockumentary type movie. There's something that happens to that movie at 3.33 a.m. Mm. And for so long afterwards, I would wake up at 3.33 a.m. Jesus. And just, like, notice that stuff. Um, yeah, that stuff gets in your head. Yeah, it's rough. Well, that's cool. Yeah. And then uh, I have two, three, maybe three and a half, but I'll, 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 move, I'll move quickly. Um, Go. So then we also watched The Grudge. Yuck. Which, <laughs> what do you mean, yuck? No, thank you. <laughs> it was scary. I don't it was like good. that movie. Oh, you, you've seen it? Uh, yeah. I actually, that's one of the first movies I watched with Laura. Oh, nice. So I, I, I know it was like really popular when it came out, but I had never seen it. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I never did. Um, so it was cool to see it now, and I, I can see why it was popular. I think it was really well done. Um, I didn't realize that Sam Raimi did it. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah, I was really surprised to see his name flash on the screen. I was like, oh, shit, huh. that's dope. Um, but yeah, it was really good. Um, I I don't know if this is a, this would be a popular opinion or not, but it is rated PG-13, and mm-hmm. I thought it maybe would have been more effective if it was rated R. Yeah. In that the ghosts were super well done and super scary, but I think the most shocking sh- scene to me was the opening shot when the original caretaker gets drawn up into the ceiling and she's like kicking her legs. And I mm-hmm. thought that was like super shocking. And I remember thinking like, Whoa, this movie's going to be crazy. But then <laughs> they don't really show like kills after that. Mm-hmm. It's all just kind of like, go- like ghosts floating around, but then like, that's it. So like, and I, this is this is kind of a spoiler, but I wanted to like kind of bring it up for the point I'm trying to make. So if you want to watch this movie and you don't want to know what happens at the, in the the pinnacle of the don't movie, listen, just fast forward like 30 seconds. But anyway, um, in the last scene, they're like they go in the house and then the ghosts come out and like the girls like crawling down the steps and like crawls over the one character, and you're kind of like, oh no, like he's gonna get her or she's gonna get him, and but then like she just like turns and then like nothing happens. So it's like, she's being creepy, but like nothing happened. So I don't know. I was a little like let down at like, I I feel like they could have taken it like a little further to make, to give it more of like a shock value. But 
maybe that's just me. I'm a little fucked up. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway. You keep saying that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, I feel like it's like I a just weird... want my friends to be fucked up. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when you watch a lot of horror movies, you're like, okay. Yeah, that's fair. I've seen this and that compared to that. I don't know. I yeah. Feel, it's stupid. Anyway, and then we... Um, so great movie, and then, um, but then we watched The Ring <sighs> after it because I feel like those two movies like came out around the same time, kind of had like, pretty close, yeah. It had like similar fuel for fear, you know, like the mm-hmm. like the girl with the long dark hair kind of walking slowly towards you. They were both in an era of horror of uh, like Japanese remakes, right? Right? Yeah, because they they both were exactly mm-hmm. <laughs> just like. Americans. Well, I guess the ring isn't really so much, but the the grudge is like literally Americans in Japan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the ring is like it's all set in the states, but whatever. But yeah, I so we had this conversation after we watched the ring. Mm-hmm. After having seen the grudge, like which did we think was more scary? And my opinion is that I think the ring was done better in the way of atmosphere and this like Mm -hmm. slow building like the sense of dread Mm -hmm. and i also think like the idea of like having a deadline like you know that you will die in seven days so so, (laughs) like you know the 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 protagonists are like trying to solve the mystery before it's too late because you like you know it's coming for you like have you ever seen it follows oh yeah like that idea of like a thing is coming after you and it will show up, show up when you least expect it. Like that yeah. kind of idea is oh my like God. so, so scary. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think like the conceit of in follows is scarier than the ring in my opinion. Mm-hmm. This is me. Yeah. Anything else? Um, I wanted to talk about this other movie but i don't know why i forgot to take notes on it so we after we watched you've been in the movie zone baby i i love like horror slash halloween movies so i watched a lot so far good and i I ain't stopping now proud of you so we watched this movie called freaked it came out heard of that one it came out in 1993 it's on youtube you can watch it Ah. Uh, it is it is it's so fun it's it's like the most 90s thing like all the jokes are so 90s all like the way it's shot all the characters it's just so like early 90s like hilarious um it's about like this spokesperson who's hired to sell some sort of bad chemical and then he gets exposed to it in a way by like this mad scientist and then everyone turns into these these freaks essentially and then they they all have to perform they're like held captive and they have to perform in this like sideshow this freak show and it's just it's just so silly <laughs> i'd really recommend it it was so funny like rick and i watched it like super late at night and like we were loling the whole time i didn't think it was going to be as funny as it was but it's just so it right it's now. so nostalgic it's it's like almost as though like it was like a Nickelodeon original movie, but like just all about weird Halloween stuff. 
yeah oh brooke shields was in it oh yeah 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 and and it's funny because they they make a joke about it in the movie yeah or in the trailer at least nice man but yeah it was fun i'd 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 recommend checking that out for sure i think it's worth it i don't know if i've watched any scary movies yet except this wreck um I started watching one with Laura, but she made me turn it off because I tried to trick her into it. I didn't let her know what the conceit is about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, it's a new movie actually on Hulu called. Oh fuck! What is it called? Uh, no one will save you or something. Mm. Uh, hold on, 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 hold on. I'm going to find it right. Mm. Oh, yeah, it is called No One Will Save You. Um, and it's like a it's a home invasion movie with a twist. And I didn't want to tell. It's a sci-fi twist. And I, I didn't want to tell Laura about it because she's very like she's like basically allergic to anything sci-fi or fantasy. <laughs> like I cannot get her to watch anything like that. Um, I was like, maybe if I just don't tell her. Uh, she, but then she's, she, made me, she made me turn it off. She's got both feet firmly planted on the ground. Yeah, she doesn't need a, any of that shit. Um, any anything else? Um, I could talk about one more, but I feel like it might be your turn. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, I had a bunch. I had a couple things. Um, and this is just going to be a common refrain of this episode. And then I got sick. And I just like kind of forgot about it, all of them in my brain fog. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I wanted to talk about was um, it's a YouTube show, kind of. It's Maddie Matheson's Just a Dash on YouTube, um, which is like is if you're familiar with. Uh, do you know who Maddie Matheson is? No. Have you watched or heard of the Bear? Yes. Is he the main dude? No, no, no. Oh, he's yeah. um he's he's one of the side characters. He plays Fak, F A K. Um he's like the the guy like the handyman that helps him like repair everything and stuff. Um but he is a real life chef. Mm-hmm. Um who just like he knew the uh the showrunner um and I guess the guy just like asked him to be on the show, but he's never really like acted in anything before. Um but he he's very I've I, I've known about him for a while before, like he was on the Bear and stuff, and he he's very funny. Um, and this this show is like if Tim and Eric had a cooking show, it very much has that vibe. Um, just with like with the editing and stuff, so it looks rad. I really like it, and also I mean he's a really good cook, so like all the recipes that he's making look genuinely very good. Yeah. Um, and he's fun to watch. He's very funny. Um. The other thing, because I've been sick, I've been wanting something that is like comforting. So I rewatched Band of Brothers. Nice. For like, for like the 50 millionth time. That doesn't really need a recommendation. I feel like everybody knows about Band of Brothers, mm-hmm. unless if you're like too young, in which case, I, I don't want to think about that because that kind of turns me to dust. Well, to what's, your, what's your elevator pitch? For Band of Brothers? For folks who haven't heard of it, yeah. World War II mini uh, HBO World War II miniseries about a division in World War II that were uh, exceptional as far as like 
uh, performance and like accolades and things like that, that really nails just a lot of the facets that were going on with, at least in the European theater of World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good, and it's executive produced by Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing is, again, comfort food, the video game Stardew Valley, which is probably my favorite video game of all time, I think. Wow. Um do you that know goes, this game? That goes to show how much I don't know about video games. Never even heard of that. Oh, Unless man. it's like a deep cut sort of. I think it's something like you and Rick would enjoy maybe playing together. There is multiplayer in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a farming game. It's like, uh, oh. uh, it's like, it's, it's, it's very heavily inspired by Harvest Moon. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, I had never played anything like it when it came out, and it, <coughs> pardon me, uh, it just kind of opened my world to that type of game, like games with, like, there's, like, some combat in it, but it's, like, very minimal, and mm-hmm. kind of just, like, you're just killing, like, slimes and stuff, mm-hmm. <coughs> so, like, it's very, it's just very, it's a friendly game. So it's more about the harvesting than the adventure? It's, well, uh Yes and no, because there are like certain like little island mysteries um, that you can that you can explore and stuff and like quests you can get from the townspeople. But yeah, I would say it's more about the harvesting. Cool. <coughs> Woo! Are you? That's a cough for you. <laughs> are you a board gamer at all? I try to be, but there's just so many. We're we're big we're big Catan fans. We'll have to play Catan sometime. Ooh yeah, love. Catan. I played I, I played that a couple times. I like Catan. It's the best. Um, so yeah, that's what I have for my recos. Um, so let's take a little break, and when we'll get back, we'll get into the production zone. Perfect. And we are back. Now we are going to roll into the production zone. So take it away, Andrew. Cool. So this movie was released on November 23rd in 2007, Spain. Oh, it did w- I say 2000? Oh, released in Spain in 2007? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. It is a Spanish movie um, directed by... Wame Balaguero and Paco Plaza, um, written by the same two fellas plus Luiso Berdeo. Um, I'm probably not going to go into much of the behind of like what most of the people involved in this movie have done in the past because I'm just not very familiar with Spanish sure. cinema. Yeah. Um, but if you recognize any of these people. Please chime in. Um, I don't. Just (laughs) and I'll I'll talk more about that later. Actually, Um, it was filmed in Barcelona. In I thought it was cool. Uh, All of the places where they filmed were actual locations. There was no sets for the movie. Oh, cool! Everything was real. Um, They shot it for around one and a half million euro, 
and then they netted thirty two and a half million worldwide. Yeah, so good. it was like pretty small budget, and yeah. it, I mean, it, like the movie was super well done. Um, you know, we've been talking a lot about found footage movies and how you can kind of do it. Mm-hmm. you know, kind of quick and dirty and it adds to the cinematic value of it. And I think that's, I'm sure there's like plenty of those that were made that ended up being trash <laughs> for that reason. He's like, you can shoot it cheap and like, maybe it'll be successful and you can make a bunch of money. But I think this movie was a prime example where they did it well and it yeah. was received well. Yep. And they were, you know, they they got the prize and it was it was good. Yeah, it was also before like the found footage genre as a whole exploded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and I think that people consider it to be like one of the best found footage movies and it's also I've heard people say that it's considered like one of the best horror movies of like the modern era. I would agree. Yeah. It's really really good. Um, something interesting, the actors were never given the complete script to give them a sense (laughs) of of uncertainty to make their performances more organic. Yeah. So like, you know, they'd show up for a day of shooting and they wouldn't know whether or not their character was going to die, especially since the film was shot chronologically. Oh, I was, I was wondering that. Yeah, so like as the story develops and you know people start to drop off, I think that's mm-hmm. just like super interesting yeah. to kind of get into the psyche of what it would be to be a, an actor on this set. Uh huh. And uh, the uh, the do- or yeah, I guess the the making of video that you sent me gets a little bit into that. Um, the two directors are are talking on set. And, um, they're talking about how this idea came to them. Uh, when they were having a couple drinks together and they thought it would be a cool idea to have this found footage movie where everything seems super believable because, again, at this time, like, not... There weren't that many that have done it. I mean, obviously, Blair Witch had done it a couple years prior, uh, but in between that time, I mean, I don't know of that many that have done it. Maybe you know, but they're, they're not not... Wasn't a super well-known genre yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were originally going to have Angela, the main character, fi- uh, follow uh, cops instead of firemen. Mm. But they wanted to do firemen uh, because they thought like it was a little more grounded um, and they just liked, like you could connect with firemen more than cops. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> and... Yeah, and we'll we'll talk more about that when we get into talking about the story as it plays out. But it, yeah. it yeah, to kind of you know, go on a tangent a little bit about that. I thought it was really fun in how I no, let's hold off on that. I'm I'm going <laughs> to say other stuff. Um <laughs> uh but uh, yeah, kind of picking backing off of what you just said, it, the the movie felt super organic. Um a lot of the actors like looked into the camera as like the characters that they were playing weren't used to being filmed. Um, a lot of the characters like made mistakes. They misspoke. They had to like redo takes because the the movie is set around 
two people filming a show like on location. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of like discussions between the host and the camera operator about like how they want the shots to be. Like there's a scene where um, Angela, the main character, the host of the show, is giving an interview to one of the fire men, and she stops like mid interview to be like. Oh, I'm on I'm on my wrong side. Like, can you switch? <laughs> yeah. So I can have like my like better side presented to the camera. Yeah. There's a lot of like characters like talking over each other and like different characters like behaving differently, like while being filmed. Like some mm-hmm. people were like much more intense because like obviously they're scared by what's going on in the building. Mm-hmm. There's like one guy in particular who's like, you know, kind of like vain he's he's like like oh i'm on camera and he like has to perform and like oh that fucking guy yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i thought that was really funny like even yeah. though like they were potentially going to be murdered yeah he, he's just like this is crazy isn't it wow is this gonna where when's this gonna be aired like that kind of stuff doesn't stop him from being super racist towards the chinese tenants though that's true there was a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, the directors said in an interview at the Glasgow Film Festival in 2008, the year after it was released in Spain, that it was like mostly inspired by TV. Like they wanted it to, pl- they wanted the, the story to play out, but have it to have like a very organic feel from like the perspective of a TV show. And I think yeah. they did a really good job about that. Yeah, because there were a few different shows on in Spain at the time and in throughout Europe that were like very similar in format. Yeah. So they were like trying to replicate that like very organic feel, just like shot out in the field kind of stuff. It super does feel like one of those like low budget, um, almost infomercially kind of like specials. Yeah. Um, and like the, where you can tell like the people who are making it don't necessarily want to be making it, but they're doing it so that they can get to the next thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) So another thing I wanted to add about the, the organic feel of it was that like, you know, usually we talk about like all the different like actors who put the different characters in the movie and like what they've done. You know, we, we were saying before we started recording today that we didn't recognize any of the, the performers so like that in a way adds another element of it feeling just like foreign like i guess like so for example like like it could be real yeah exactly recognize the people you're seeing yeah because you're 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 instantly just kind of like thrust into the story you're not like thinking about this person as an actor you're just like yeah watching them be on screen Yeah. yeah 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 Because then if you consider the American remake, Mm. Quarantine, like there's a lot of familiar faces. So it it kind of removes you from it just being like, yeah, just an experience. And it feels more like a a movie. And I I had never seen that. I don't know if you have. I have. I actually watched it before Rec because I didn't know that it was a a remake. Um, And it's good. It's fine. Um, (laughs) Yeah. There is one, like, it's basically beat for beat wreck, but there's one major difference, and I don't want to spoil it just yet. Yeah, I think I know what you're referring to, and and we'll, we'll definitely get to that when it, when it comes yeah. up. 
the reason why folks in the building are infected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this movie inspired Outlast. Oh, the video game? Yes. Huh. That game is terrifying. I know. I So last year, I was doing some research on... Like, so on the list of things that we want to do for Halloween, getting a horror game is one of them. Mm. And so we last year, we purchased Resident Evil 4, and we, we all took turns playing our own campaigns through it. That's so cute. Super fun. Yeah. But then I was, like, trying to figure out what we could get next, and Outlast is, like top on the list for me and i'm trying to figure out if i want to get the first one or the second one or get the first one okay cool thank you i haven't (laughs) played i i I haven't played uh i played a little bit of of the first one i'm i'm too i'm too much of a weenie to like to play through those games but from what i hear the first one is better sick yeah, because it's really fun to play a horror game with your friends because it's like you're watching yeah. a horror movie, but then... I think that one uniquely is good for playing with your friends. <laughs> yeah, because then, because you're in control, you feel so much more involved in what's happening, especially in the first one, because I think you, it's less of like a shooter and it's more of a survivor, so it's like... Oh, there's there's you have no to, shooting. Yeah, yeah, you have to like yeah. run and hide and it's like... God damn. The only crazy. yeah, the only thing you have in that game is like a camera with night vision. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> it is so scary. <laughs> um, but anyway, they made uh three sequels to this movie yeah, um to lesser reception. Notably, uh, only made one sequel to the American version. Mhm. Did did that follow the sequel to this one? No. That's not different. at all. Oh, yeah. interesting. What did, where did they take that one? Do you know? The second one was um, the uh, infection happens on an airplane that lands, um, and they quarantine the whole terminal. But I, I again, I haven't seen it. Okay. Yeah. I could see how that could be interesting. Yeah. Because uh, like I think a big theme that came up for me, well, not a theme, but just like a a thing that contributed to the the horror of this movie specifically was just like the limited amount of space and how they were just kind of like running from end to end of the building oh and they were just God. like oh, constantly being trapped. Yeah. And, and like the amount of space that they could kind of escape to got smaller and smaller as the movie went on. Yeah. So I could, ima- I could imagine a breakout in an airplane being pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah. They, man, they picked a really cool building for this and one thing that the movie does extremely well is you get very you you basically know where everything is. Mm-hmm. Like you have a very good idea of like kind of the blueprint of the building, and I found that very cool. Like when they go into like a different room, you're like, oh, they're they're in this place in the building. I, I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah, because they they do revisit places, and I remember thinking yeah, like many times. I remember thinking that I didn't like that, but yeah. it, do- it does add to the limitation and like the claustrophobia of it. I got a little annoyed that they revisited the first room that they go into like several times. Yeah, with the first lady. But maybe they were trying to do that to like increase the anxiety because it's like you know what's waiting for you in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. 
And then when you go in and it's different, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we will talk about that. Uh-huh. Um, oh, and then, um, okay, so you talked about the American remake. And then uh, after the third release of Wreck, they released a comic book that was like, oh. a, was like a five-part, not series, but it's a five-part book where each part was done by a different artist and cool. each and each part did dive deeper into the storyline and uh. I, i'm curious to see because i like if you haven't read about this this does give away some some answers to like why things are happening i would like to read that yeah yeah and um but I, i'll probably talk about that more later on but so the first section talks about like some of the teenagers that were trapped in the apartment i don't think I think that was like a like maybe like an add-on kind of story because there aren't many teenagers in the building except mm-hmm. for I think there's like one like young woman who gets. There um, are teenagers in the second movie. Okay, maybe maybe it's I mean yeah because this came out post second movie too. So yeah, maybe, and then the second part is like backstory for um, Tristiana, who was um, a character. She's the a character towards the end. We'll talk about her. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then the third part talks about like I think it's just like an offshoot um, storyline. It's it's about a, an affected man who goes to the zoo and just like infects <laughs> oh, animals. Oh no! Yeah, it's no. sad. And then the fourth part is about the priest from the recording. Ah, who's involved with the storyline involving Tristiana? Gotcha. And then the fifth part talks about what happens to the dog. No. Yeah. Um, no, I don't want to read it. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's horror for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, so normally I would talk about the cast. I don't know any of these yeah. people, and I don't know what they've done i think for the most part i think it's safe to say that most of these actors are most known for being in this movie particular yeah the director said in the little thing that you sent me that they specifically wanted folks that no one knew to Mm -hmm. make it more believable yeah and it worked it was great sure it was so good but also i think it was really cool that the actors were good yeah 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 like ever like not a single person in the movie like i removed you from the intensity of what was happening. Yeah, I felt. I felt the. I mean, we'll get into it, but the the woman who plays Angela, uh, the main character, I thought specifically, she was super charming. I liked her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also a fun um, tidbit about her is that she's actually well. She, I don't know if she currently is, but she was at some point in her career like an actual TV reporter. Oh, that's fun. So like, she knows how to like be that character. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Um, is there anything you wanted to add? Um, m- making of. There were a few things, but I think you, I think you covered them. Um, Shucks. Yeah, I can't think of anything specific. Anything I, I think of, I can, I can bring it up as we're talking about it. Cool. So I think now would be a good time. To if you want to watch the movie and, and not have anything ruined for you, go watch it. Yeah, and, I guess and then bef- come back. Yeah, before we start 
going to the, spoiling the shit out of this movie. <laughs> um, let me just really quickly um, read the synopsis, and then again, if this sounds interesting to you, go watch it because like it's it's. If you don't know anything about it and you're at least mildly interested in it, you should just watch it so that like you don't have anything spoiled for you. Because like if it's spoiled for you, it kind of ruins the fun of the movie. To be honest, it's um, true because the the movie is it's it's like it just starts happening to you like so fast. Like yes. you, like you you're watching it and you're starting to like feel it out, see where it's going, and then all of a sudden it's just like the immediacy of when things start to take off. It yeah. just it just takes off and like it's just so exciting. It's so fun. Yeah. Definitely don't let us ruin it for you. Yeah, so real quickly the synopsis of the movie is um so it follows the reporter Angela Vidal and her court and her cameraman Pablo. Uh and uh uh the main character is played by Manuela Vel Vel Velasco. Um She's like, I, I'm assuming she's kind of like the most notable person in in the movie, um, but they are they are covering a night shift of Barcelona's local fire station uh, for her television series called While You're Sleeping, which I thought was a very cute name. Mm-hmm. Um, and she it, the what she wants to do is just kind of show a day in the life of fire firemen, and she's kind of hoping. That they get a call or something because like it seems like this isn't exactly what she wants to be doing with her career. She seems like she kind of has like <coughs> aspirations to be doing more. Um, so she's like kind of holding out hope that they get a little call and they do. They get a call to an apartment where there is uh, signs of some sort of disturbance happening. And it turns out to be an infection of some kind. And then many things ensue and again i will leave it there because i want to be as vague as possible if you have any interest in watching this movie do you have anything you wanted to add to the synopsis there no that's pretty much it i think that's as much as you should know going into it yeah and i'm sure if you've heard of this movie at all you probably know more than that yeah but uh yeah definitely and if you've seen quarantine and think like you shouldn't like you don't really want to watch this because like you think like you know you've seen quarantine you think you've seen it they do follow like very very similar paths but i think there's a lot to be gained from watching rick i i've never seen quarantine and i'm you know you have you've seen both of these so you would probably be able to speak on this more intelligently than i could but from what i've read and heard Wreck is the superior movie, and you should just yeah, watch it, it. It is. You should just watch <laughs> it instead. Um. So with that, we're going to take our last break here, and then we're going to go in the movie, and we're going to spoil the shit out of this for you, boy. I'm going to spoil it to hell. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. And we are back. Now we are going to roll into the movie, and this is Spoiler Zone. So again, if you don't want to be spoiled, get the heck out of here. And just like maybe turn your phone on like mute and let the episode play the rest of the way out. Um, But yeah, 
So if you don't want to get spoiled, here we go. Um, one thing I wanted to do before we start actually getting into like the plot of the movie and stuff is kind of like connect this movie back to like the conceit of what this show is, Commando Prompt is, which is a show about action movies. Um, in my mind, action movies are... They, I mean, I think the general consensus of action movies are like they're movies where you can kind of just like turn your brain off and like allow the really cool set pieces and explosions and uh, martial arts or like choreography kind of like brisk you away or whisk you away. Not brisk you away. That doesn't make sense. Whisk you away. Um, and I think, I, I think at least for me that's why i come to the genre because it just uh, does kind of allow me to like turn my brain off but i think there is kind of more to the genre itself i mean with things like john wick and things like that it's it's definitely the action genre has kind of reinvented itself but i think wreck in particular the action kind of comes into place because of the found footage it's just so because of the design of the movie there's just so much forward momentum um and there is just there's you just feel like you're there which is something the directors wanted to happen it want they wanted because of like the person like holding the camera they kind of wanted to make you feel as though you were the one holding the camera behind the camera and that sort of thing um but as far as like action, yes, I think this movie probably leans more horror, but I do think like it does have some conne connections with action with like, you know, there are just there's a lot of moving parts um, and there is a lot of conflict and things like that. So I just wanted to make, you know, that little connection before we go on. I don't know how you feel. No, that's totally fair. Like we've definitely had this conversation before about how like I probably lean more towards horror movies and you lean more towards action movies and you brought me on to your action movie podcast. Um which I'm I'm along for the ride, but now that we're in October when action movies reign supreme, we'll probably do more movies in that vein. But yeah. but but you know, a lot of action I mean, horror movies are also action movies. And, oh yeah. And some action movies can be horror movies, but Yep. Uh they have a lot of similarities in that they're just intense, fast. I think a lot of people come to them for the same reasons as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. They're exciting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's yeah, I don't know. It's interesting because like I don't I don't know what to like put my thumb on like how would you define the the entirety of both genres but they just involve yeah. like <laughs> competition might be a, a very soft way to say like the killing of each other <laughs> yeah like... i think because <laughs> like so, I think... like i like growing up i've seen a lot i've seen way more action movies than i have horror movies but when mm -hmm. i feel like when you become an adult and you're watching action movies and it's just like somebody shooting a bunch of you know henchmen it's like <laughs> those people are all dead now like that's intense and i you know i never thought about that as a kid you're like whoa this guy's cool he's doing all this crazy shit but then when you get to be an adult you're like that guy has a family yeah i think about that a lot now yeah, it, gets, it gets it becomes heavier yeah it's wild. yeah 
Yeah, I think maybe I think like folks probably enjoy action movies because they like seeing somebody kind of making impossible situations seem manageable. And then I think people like watching horror movies because they like seeing folks, normal folks, navigate those impossible situations. Yeah, without having like crazy superpowers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're talking about Rick. <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> yeah we are <laughs> <laughs> and like i said at the beginning uh this uh movie follows uh angela vidal who is immediately i found her so charming she's just like plays the role very human which i guess is kind of the point because you're like supposed to believe that this is like an actual reporter doing like an an actual uh like special at night uh, but I just I just found her like very easy to watch and very fun. Yeah, um, I, I got this vibe from them that it's it's like like maybe they do aspire to to do something more professional, but the, their demeanor is very like amateurish. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I, but that that's that's what made it so charming is like they're just like well let's shoot this and let's shoot that and it's like kind of silly and like. But they want to get like they want to get the shot like that's made very known like they want it they want it to be exciting and interesting so they're like they're trying to yeah just like wait yeah. just wait for something to happen yeah it's a it's almost kind of quaint at the beginning when like she's visibly bored because all mm-hmm. of the fi- all the firemen have gone to sleep and there's nothing happening and so they're like trying to figure out what to what to do what to film like they're trying to make a a show out of this and they're struggling to find content mm-hmm. um which is again very relatable um and like uh, goes a long way with like putting yourself in 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 uh in her shoes and also it pablo the cameraman doesn't really have that many lines so mm-hmm. that also kind of helps putting you in his position because it's he's almost it's just like a like a like a voiceless but like being commanding this camera. Which is good because that's something that can remove you from found footage movies, like finding the motivation to film everything. Uh-huh. But, he, but he establishes himself early on as like, I'm going to film no matter what. I'm going, I'm going to be a behind the scenes type of guy. Well, Angela basically forces him to. <laughs> that's true. I but think, I, but they're both like committed certain, to the craft. Yeah, there's like certain parts where you can see, you can see almost like the light of ambition come into Angela's eyes, being like, "Ooh, I think we have something good here. I think we actually have a story here. We need to film everything." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it is funny seeing her go from like this kind of goofy lady who's doing this. Uh, late night show who isn't taking things very seriously and then when things start to get actually serious kind of that that like that switch of professionality in her head just like kind of flicking on um i thought that was i thought that was kind of funny yeah it's Um, really good but yes this movie is spanish and is and it is in it is set in barcelona um do you watch many or are you like you're do you watch many like foreign films or like foreign stuff i've seen a few here and there i um 
Are you okay with like reading for most of the movie? Yeah, absolutely. I I, I will say that it was tough mm-hmm. in this. I'm sure it's much easier for you because like you, you understand the language so you can just kind of like look away from the screen and take notes. But for me to like have to read and then also write notes, like take my oh eyes my off God, the I screen. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah, it was tough. <laughs> but it, I think it worked out. I think I think I could like kind of do both. There were I did have to pause the movie a few times to like write an idea down. But um, I, I actually had a thought. I wanted to ask you. Um, so the movie, like we we've been talking a lot about how like the 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 performances felt very organic. Um, but that's just me as like an English speaker, not really like you know, like knowing how like the language is spoken organically. Like, do you think like like you you knowing the language better than me? Like, do you think it was like well acted, well performed, or? Oh yeah, big time. Oh good, felt, that's great. Yeah. Um and like you know, fast fast Spanish speakers are like pretty tough to understand. Um for like as background to folks who don't know, I am actually half Mexican. My mom was born and raised in Mexico, so like um she only speaks to me in Spanish. So like um there is a degree of like I I just I, I know the language um even though like my mom might not like like because she's surrounded she's been surrounded by americans for like the back half of her life so like some of the fastness has kind of left her like accent and stuff like that mm-hmm. so there and also like she doesn't use some of the slang that like uh like spain spanish speakers use so there there is some stuff uh, that like kind of goes over my head, especially when in some of the hectic moments where everybody's just kind of talking at once and they're just like going rapid fire. I was like, whoo boy. Yeah, I do not. I got to read these subtitles because I do not know what's going on. Um, but yeah, I think I think the acting was pretty, pretty good. And uh, yeah, so they pretty quickly get a call at a, uh, they get a they get a emergency call to go to a uh, apartment complex that has what is the what is the official complaint is the complaint that they just heard yelling I believe so there was yelling Yeah, I guess that's honestly it, right? And they th- and I think somebody thought someone might be sick what because the 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 apartment building that is was like the genesis of the complaint they knew that an older woman lived there so they were concerned about her well-being i think yeah so sorry i had um a per- they, they got a call because there was a, pu- a person who was stuck in their apartment ah, which okay. which they don't really like say much more of like what that means mm-hmm. until they go to that apartment and then break the door down yeah so i think uh, i think it was like probably there was probably like noises heard and they were like maybe the neighbors were trying to help them and none of this was presented to the viewer but i think it's safe to assume that maybe there was like a ruckus people were trying to figure out like what was happening and then then they couldn't get to her so and yeah she was an older person so then they decided to call the police and, then and the, it's also like it's a pretty it's a pretty small apartment complex and it yeah. seems like fairly close knit like everybody basically knows each other. Right. Um, that's, that's a big part of the narrative or the the dialogue. It's like everyone talking about what everyone else is doing. 
Yeah. And like when people are doing things that are unusual, yeah, it causes uh, you know, concern. Yeah, there's this whole sub layer to the movie of like the inter apartment politics going yeah, on yeah. and like who likes who and who is suspicious yeah. of who and things like that um people immediately start pointing fingers at each other and things like that specifically again the uh the uh chinese uh tenants in the building get a lot of fingers pointed at them at mm-hmm. different parts of the movie <laughs> That was that was actually an interesting thing that I read about that one of the directors lived in an apartment building and I think they wrote those characters into the movie based on their experience in an apartment building where their neighbors um I forget what specific country they were from but it was an Asian family who always left their door open like all the huh. time. And oh, they, that's and, interesting. And they they always thought that that was like bizarre. So they kind of <laughs> I think they wrote those characters into the story. Just That's kind of cool to add some like you know real life value to it. Yeah, um, the main two firefighters um, that we follow are Alex and Jose. Uh, Jose being the bald dude, Alex being the other guy, and I thought it was also kind of cute where uh, Angela is interviewing Alex and Alex. Um, very humbly admits that a lot of the calls that they get uh for to like go out aren't actually fires a lot of them are actually like you know just like helping people out um he even admits that a lot of them are like finding like lost dogs or things like that like animals and stuff like that and he mentions like i know that's super stereotypical but it it is like a decent chunk of what we actually do um Mm -hmm. I thought that that was like a, a nice little touch, um, and again helps like ground the whole narrative of everything like that. But yeah, so Angela follows Alex and Jose into the building, um, and there is a cop there. Uh, well, there are two cops actually because they they're the ones who first responded to the call, um, and they <laughs> they immediately get mad that there are people filming there they get very uh uncomfortable around Angela and Pablo cuz they're like why 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 are these motherfuckers here right now um and uh Alex and Jose are very good about it and they're like oh they're here to film our fire department um you can kind of tell that they're like proud about it and stuff um but yeah, they go up to the the room where the where the call where the complaint is coming from, and in it they find a woman who is not doing well. Mm-hmm. She's in a bad way, ladies and gents. Yeah. So the the neighbors say that they heard screaming coming from coming from inside the apartment, and you know they're like knocking at the front door like trying to get her to come to the door they can't get the door open so they eventually have to like bust it down yes. and this is where it begins i did not remember i knew the movie was hectic i did not remember how hectic it was um and there is like a small portion of the movie where you get some breathing room but it's mm-hmm. not it's not that long mm We'll get to the part specifically that I'm going to touch on. Um, But yeah, 
it's literally like seeing somebody just flick a domino and everything just yeah. starts tumbling down. <laughs> yeah, because the movie is... I didn't have this written down. The length of the movie is pretty short. Yeah, it's like a 81 minutes or something. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, they definitely make use of their time, and I, I love oh, yeah. that. It's just kind of like, this is going to be a high-octane thriller. Good luck. Yeah. Um, like, less is more, and not less in terms of, like, not giving things to the viewer as far as, like, being explicit of what's going on, but just, like, less runtime because you're jamming so much stuff into so little time. Um, and, and, if you th- and if you think about it, it, it makes sense, like, if this sort of thing, uh, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, but if, if this specific thing, which we'll get to very soon, um, mm-hmm. were to happen in an apartment building, it would probably happen quickly. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> which um, adds to the org- what we've been talking about. How it just like the movie feels organic. It's just like people drop like flies. <laughs> it's wild. I did not remember that at all. I thought it maybe lasted a little longer, but no, no, no. Um, literally within the first oh god, like ten minutes that they're in that building. Well, they go into that room, and that you know this woman. She's in a bad way, folks. She starts biting the cop mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty bad. The cop gets pretty messed up. Mm-hmm. She really clings on to that motherfucker. Um, I don't. Re- I don't remember how they like get her off of him. Uh, I think they somehow. Ma- I think one of the one of the firemen like uses a sledgehammer to like get get her off. Um, but they rush the cop down the steps and then again within maybe i don't know two three minutes alex is thrown from where the and they were i think they were on like close to the top floor Mm -hmm. so like four stories alex is thrown down the stairwell and i did not remember that at all and was genuinely shocked yeah that was probably the first jump scare and not i don't even i wouldn't even call it a jump scare it's just like the shock value yeah the shock value of that happening so you know they go into the apartment and she's acting you know erratically and they don't really know who she is or why she's acting this way she's like covered in blood and then yeah she texts the cop so they're like wrestling around because, you know, they don't know what's going on. You know, like if you're trying to help somebody, you're not going to like immediately assume that they're dangerous. But she's, yeah. she's she then becomes dangerous. So, you know, <laughs> if you get bit, <laughs> you got to handle that. So yeah. they, uh, <laughs> they take him downstairs. Um, and we don't really know what's going on upstairs as the camera does follow the fireman who was bitten. So they're trying to get him medical help, and at this point, they can't leave. Yes. So the police at the front gate are like, you have to stay, and then everyone's like, wait, why? (laughs) You know, it's like they start, they begin the lockdown, so there's like... Yeah, they get quarantined real fast. And, you know, through the bullhorn, they're like... We're 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 locking you in for precautionary reasons. Just hang tight as we figure this out. 
And then as like everyone starts to like kind of lose their shit, all of a sudden just boom, like in the background, a person just slams to the floor. Poor, poor Alex. And it's the most shocking scene of the movie. It was so effective. It was insane. Yeah. So I remember watching uh, Quarantine uh, in high school with like a group of people um, and they recreate that scene. Up until that point, we were all just like being like joking, like, oh, what this, what's this movie about? And then when that happened, everybody just shut up for the rest of the movie. It, um, it, it takes the air out of the room immediately. It's, it, yeah. it, it's almost like, like, despite there having just been essentially a zombie attack where a woman yep. bites a man, yep. that does not even compare to like just a person slamming into a concrete floor like that yeah that that was just like so poignant like it was just insane it's like they like they as people do not really have the opportunity to recover from the shock of this woman biting this other person Mm -hmm. and then see this man fall from a great height which is then just like shock on top of shock. Um, and then you as a viewer are also recovering from this woman biting this man and then this other man being thrown off a ledge. It's really it's really impactful. Also, really quickly, all the zombies actors are really good. Really good screamers. Yeah, yeah. And th- that's that's an element that I thought was really good about like the added to the atmosphere is because you hear these noises going on like like in the upper floors yeah, and it's just, it's left unexplained for a while. So that adds to like, you know, they want to solve the mystery, figure out what's going on, but they don't want to go up there cause it sounds scary. Oh my God. It sounds awful. Um, and again, I thought it was pretty funny that like, yes, Angela is scared when she sees Alex fall over, especially because like Alex is one of the, people that she kind of bonded before they came over to this apartment building. But immediately she turns to Pablo and she's like, film everything. Don't stop filming. Um, I thought that was an interesting character trait of hers. Uh, Cause you can really see that she's like, yeah, she's all fun and flirty, but she also wants to climb the ladder. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't want to be stuck in this midnight, you know, television show for long. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And um, once poor Alex falls and uh, the building is quarantined and a, a big, uh, a big, what what would you call the thing that like goes over the building? It's like a curtain. Yeah, I would probably compare it to those things that they put over a house when they like bug bomb it. Right. Just right. to like contain whatever sort of like I guess like you would take like extra precautions if you don't know what specifically is happening to yeah con- to contain it like if it's like an airborne illness or whatever you know you're trying to like keep it in pretty um, suspicious that they did that so fast which yeah too because that happened and yeah that's a huge part of it too when they're trying to leave. Because obviously it's scary in there, but the cops won't let them. And then, yeah, it just gets it just gets more and more like ironclad. 
uh-huh. they have like SWAT teams and stuff. It's like crazy. Uh huh. Pretty suspicious. <laughs> well, also, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself, but the the policemen in the building are also acting suspicious. Yeah, and uh, fucking the lanky guy that doesn't the that that doesn't get bit. He immediately just fixates on poor Pablo and is like, "Please stop filming, you motherfucker." Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found that to be very annoying, but also I would probably do the same thing. I mean, it's almost if you if you want to go there, it almost feels like body cam kind of stuff. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Because he um, he knows something having gone in to control the situation. Well, dot, did he dot, though? Dot. Yeah. After after like yeah, they get quarantined in there, then also all the other tenants kind of start poking their heads out. Mhm. And like being like what the fuck is going on? Um uh, immediately when I saw the mother with the little girl clinging around her neck, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I can see where this is going, and I hate it. Yeah, I called I that one, too. felt that way. Oh, yeah, definitely. I was like, I literally said out loud to Rick, who was also watching it with me, exactly what she was going to do probably 10 minutes before what had happened. <laughs> yeah, I didn't remember if she actually did that, and I was like, "Oh God, I hope she doesn't do that." But I think she's going to. Um, but yeah, the the again, these all these things happen so fucking quickly. So like, Alex falls off uh, off the ledge, and then this is where we kind of get a very brief moment to breathe um, because they bring in this government guy who right right this hazmat dude who is supposed to i don't know like what exactly his his job is is like he's intending on doing because he definitely knows what the quote-unquote virus is that is that is in the building but he's going in there to see if he can it kind of seems like he thinks he can cure them Mm -hmm. Um, because he's like injecting them with stuff isn't he yes He's working on the the uh, the cop and Alex. Yeah, so the um, hazmat man is trying to trying to combat this virus. Doesn't work at all. Um, Mister Cop Man wakes up and bites. There's like a there's <laughs> there's like this poor. Um, he calls himself an intern, which basically means he's like he's a he's in residency at a hospital, um, and he's like uh, before Hazmat Man gets in there, he's kind of like providing all of the medical expertise and things like that. That poor man gets bitten very fast, <laughs> and he gets he becomes zombified very fast. And this is where every, if there was any semblance of hope. It was kind of in this period of the movie after Alex falls off uh, the like the top story of the building and the hazmat guy is there, and that is just smashed to smithereens in in, in a couple minutes because 
basically from here on out it's it's just like uh all hey all these people that you've seen they're all about to get infected one by one <laughs> and you can't leave you're stuck nope nope good luck it's, in there uh-huh it's literally the worst situation ever um <laughs> and like the situation that we said before uh where we were alluding to well let me back up for a second the hazmat guy before before everything truly goes to utter hell he does give us little nuggets of what's going on and the health government has instituted a bnc protocol that is meant for nuclear nuclear chemical or biological attacks Again, this kind of alludes to that the co- or at least the government knew what was going on inside of this building, um, which is what led them to like be able to institute this quarantine so quickly. Um, but yeah, so the they they at least get some information, and they also then figure out that this virus is transmitted by saliva, so bites or kissing. If that happened, which that'd be cool. They weren't making out much in this movie. No, 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 no. Well, maybe, you know. No, that's a stupid joke. I'm not going to make that joke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, also, one real quick thing. Uh, when things are going kind of when things quiet down for a little bit the cop actually the cop that was being really annoying about the camera does actually apologize at one point um and i was like oh that's kind of nice you know nice nice moment of humanity another thing Um, another thing to note about the camera is like not only are there people trying to you know shoot the show and get their get the exciting footage but um, a lot of the characters mention like like please keep shooting this because we're being treated poorly being stuck in here yes by like the cops or the government or whatever and yes they're like we need to tell our story like that kind of element as well which is something that also rings like fairly true and like has a lot of resonance to it with like you know um Again, I don't think this movie was trying to go there, but just because, like, things that happened, you know, recently with, like, George Floyd protests and, like, peaceful protesters being treated like absolute garbage and things like that, like, there is, like, an odd prescience to things like that. Also, another quick note is that the little girl's mother mentions that her husband is outside because prior to the building being quarantined, he went around the corner to the drugstore to get medication for her daughter, who has been sick mm-hmm. for a little while. She claims that her daughter has tonsillitis and a high fever, and that's <laughs> it. Don't and fucking ask any more questions. <laughs> to the little girl's cre- credit, I mean, she's like being like a cute, normal girl most of the time. <laughs> Um, until, um, <laughs> in, yeah, I mean, 
Like, 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 you can see this coming from a fucking mile. It's like the one thing, and I think it. Om- I think this movie almost does it intentionally. How much it communicates that this little girl is eventually going to be turned into a little girl zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she bites her poor mom, mm-hmm. um, and this is when literally everybody starts getting infected. Um, there are a couple mi- uh, moments prior to like where like we were talking about like there's kind of like the inter apartment uh, politics and things like that. People kind of like blaming one another of like, oh, you did this and this is why we're in this situation. Again, is a lot of those fingers are pointed at like the Chinese residents within the building. A lot of people think that like they're responsible for it uh, for xenophobic and racist reasons. Um, but once that little girl bites her poor mommy, it, uh, I mean, it was downhill from the moment that Alex fell over the railing, not fell over, was pushed over the railing, but now it really is truly downhill. And this is the moment that I wanted to talk about because once she bites her mom, when we, at least me, and I know Andy does this, but when we watch these movies for this podcast, like, we're taking notes, we're looking things up, we, you know, we're, like, pausing to, like, to, like, watch, like, making ofs or, like, read interviews or, like, whatever and things like that. I literally just stopped taking notes and just watched the movie <laughs> from this point on mm-hmm. because it's just so captivating and just, like, demands your attention. Are you, so, so are you talking about, like, when it gets into the point where everyone's like we're fucked and then they go and then they hide in that other section of the building basically from the point where the little girl bites her mom onward oh okay okay i just like was like every time i like every time i looked down to like to type something i was just like just like more things were happening <laughs> yeah, you're so just like, like nah <laughs> um now nah, just watch um, it's just like so it's so thrilling. Like it's truly so thrilling. It's so good. Um so Yeah. Pull- no, you're right. It's fast. It's so fast. Yeah. Um had had Rick ever seen it? No, we both saw it for the first time together. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um It's a fun movie to watch with somebody else. I will say that. It is a good crowd movie. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> um poor poor I think at this point Angela's all of her professional aspirations go out the window and now she's just trying to survive. Mm-hmm. Um and you know they're rushing up the building. They handcuff the poor mother to the um to the railing like at the bottom of like the lobby of the building. Also there's like this weird there's like a weird back part there like the to to give you a picture of of this building it's like you come in there's the steps on the right that lead you to the rest of the uh, like the rooms and things like that but then there's a back portion on the bottom lobby that I think is supposed to lead to like where you take your trash out and stuff but it's like it's separated by a like a a retractable metal wall 
like if you had like a shop in like a mall or something, something that you would like put down to like close up your shop, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like almost like a like a like a garage door or something like that. Yeah. And so they use that to cordon off the poor infected intern guy and uh the cop and Alex. But that does not last very long. <laughs> they break through that very fast, which causes a whole other can of worms. Uh, because now, it, in which they only had like the old lady and the terrifying zombie little child, now they have these whole bunch of other people coming from another another angle. So they're literally getting pincered. They're like getting pinched into the middle of the building. And Angela Pablo, uh, what the fuck is the other guy's name? Jose, which is the surviving firefighter who is a badass by the way mm-hmm. um, he does some pretty wild shit <laughs> um, to some of the zombies um, specifically that one of the one of the zombies comes up to him and he literally he grabs them by the throat lifts them up and snaps their neck yeah I and thought I that like, was pretty Whoa! intense <laughs> I was like, where is this coming from? Um, yeah, that fire department has some good uh, combat training. Un- like, unbelievable. Um, and uh, they kind of get into, they get in one of the uh, apartments and lock the door, and they have a brief moment where they catch their breath, and they're trying to figure out a way to get out of the building that isn't covered by the big quarantine curtain. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have anything? Because I know that I'm talking a lot. I'm going through this a lot really fast. Do you have anything you want to bring up? So there was some, like, this, some of this stuff went over my head a little bit because they kind of, like, touched on it really quickly. Like, they're trying yeah. to find ways to escape. So mm-hmm. they knew that there was somebody who had access to certain chambers. Does this ring a bell for you? Yeah, was this like the whole thing where uh, the really theatrical guy had the whole idea of like there's like a specific room that yeah. has access to a part of the building that could potentially get them out without having to go through like the quarantine zone or something? Yeah, so that they so they like go into this person's apartment and they're like rummaging through the desk to find the keys, and then they do, and I think they're looking for like the keys to get, yeah, just a way out. Mm-hmm. Um, but but this adds to the the intensity of the of the movie because it's like while they're trying to go from room to room and exposing themselves to the the corridors where all the infected are Mm -hmm. they have to do these things very quickly and they have to like move from place to place without getting attacked and like lock themselves in different different apartments in the building and they don't really know like what's in each place so it adds yeah it's just like adds to the horror of like just being exposed and vulnerable the entire time yeah especially because like basically the only way to move about this building is the one stairwell like it's an extremely indefensible place to be 
all of and even if you lock yourself in one of the apartments like this is like a pretty old apartment building and like the doors seem pretty flimsy and they get broken open real easy all the time um like there's there so many moments in this movie where they like they get into a room they lock the door and then that door is is broken down mm-hmm. um it's almost kind of funny how often it happens um but there's this there's this really great shot right before it gets to like the the climax of the movie where they like go out into the hallway and like they look down the banister and just like mm-hmm. all like three or four floors is just <laughs> full of infected people looking up at them and it reminded me a lot of like um 28 days later there's like yeah. a scene in that movie where they they have to like run up the their stairwell and they're just rushing up there towards them. And that's another aspect of, like, the zombie dumb in this movie is, like, they're just, like, not the slow ones, you know? <laughs> they're, oh. like, they're pissed off. They're, like, slobbering. They're, like, they're, like, yeah. they're, like, they're, like, uh, you know, inf- they're, like, animals. They're just, like, sprinting at f- full speed at you, like, fully enraged. And, uh yeah fucking scary as fuck so like and 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 they're kind of like they're kind of diff like yes there's like slow zombies and they're fast zombies but they're even kind of a little bit different than fast zombies because like there's a lot of really eerie scenes where they are just like standing motionless and just staring at you that part sucks (laughs) yeah like right before they snap yeah so you can all well, I mean, the big spoiler kind of leads there. Well, okay, I'm gonna stop myself because is that what you mean by the climax? By the way, yeah, yeah. So they look down over the banister, and like everyone who has been infected is like rushing up the stairs to get to them. So that takes them to the last scene of the movie. Yeah, and the thing that you were saying with, like, they needed, like, a key to, like, get to a part where they can get out of the building, Mm -hmm. they have to go back down the steps. Oh, yeah. (laughs) To go to, like, the, the, all the tenants have, like, mail slots and stuff because they have to find the number of the apartment building that they're looking for. And while they do that, the poor mom that was handcuffed to the railing who got her face bitten by her own child is like turning mm-hmm. and again when they go down the steps she's like motionless and just staring at them but then when they go up the steps then she like activates and is trying yeah, yeah. to like, get at them it is so scary that got me really good that was yeah. really scary because they were like no it's fine you know she's handcuffed she's trapped but then when they're going up the steps and she's like jumping at them that like contorting her body yeah that got me good Ugh. Ugh. um yeah so they figure out the apartment which i don't know why they couldn't have just like you know gone up a couple more floors but whatever because <laughs> it's i think it's like literally the last floor or the last building or god the last room in the building that they're supposed to be going to um yeah and and they allude to this room earlier in the movie yes where it's like oh she never leaves her apartment uh-huh. and i remember hearing that and being like 
well, why? Uh-huh. <laughs> and this is where the wreck and quarantine diverge. Mm. Not in the events per se. Like the events, again, are still pretty similar. Again, in the reasoning to why the virus is happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm very curious to hear your thoughts about the genesis of the virus in Rick. Okay. Do you want me to take this next part? Well, okay. So they find this room. It's it's pit, It's pitch dark. There's like no light coming through because, and it's also in a extreme state of disarray. Um, there's all these articles over the uh, all the walls. Uh, it looks like very conspiracy theory, like red string type stuff. A ton of articles about a exorcism case in Italy. And now, if you would like, please take it away. They're like reading the articles and they're explaining how there was a young woman who they thought to be possessed by demons and they tried to exercise her and nothing was successful. So then they found a tape recorder, you know, big horror movie cliche, like yeah. <laughs> hit play, it's perfect. I kind of hated that. But says whatever. says everything you want to hear. Yeah, and, it gives you all the like <laughs> the lore. Yeah, and the priest is like day thirty, or and I'm just exaggerating, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's just like it's all it's all the exact information. Um, you know, this person. He's doing experiments on this on this girl. He's trying to uh, quote unquote uh, remove it, like a specific enzyme that is, is is seen to be infected, and he's trying to like destroy it or whatever. But like he kind so of so that he can create a cure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, which is actually like I will get to this later, but that kind of goes against what the comic books says about the story. Oh, interesting. But um, yeah, so he's trying to find a cure, but it's like not working. It's not working. And then I don't remember. Did, did is there any resolution to that? Like, so the second movie does. I mean, second movie gets into it a lot, but he does vaguely mention that he has figured out how to more or less synthesize the blood of the patient zero i guess of the of the woman that was possessed in order to like develop a cure mm-hmm. but it's like he says it like pretty fast and it's also kind of hard to hear yeah but based upon the events that we have witnessed Mm-hmm. He and his cure are not relevant. Yes. <laughs> so, um, and I and I really like. And this. also, we don't know where he is. Exactly. Yeah. Where'd he go? Um, and the second movie doesn't really talk about that either. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Weird. The second movie is more concerned with the woman. Okay. Maybe he's out of town. <laughs> Maybe he's seeing family. Yeah, he took the escape route that they're trying to get to. <laughs> they're in this room. 
and they're just like looking around. They 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 explore further into the apartment mm-hmm. to where they find like an operating table. Huh? Assumably to where he was doing the you know, operations and the experiments. Yep. Um then they find a trap door leading to a room above the apartment. Sick. <laughs> and of course you gotta go up there. Uh-huh. So they open it up. Um Poor Pablo does. Yeah, Pablo he's he's incredibly brave. I uh-huh. I was very surprised at this. He, he There's thought- also no lights, by the way, so the only way they're able to see anything is through the night vision on his camera. Right. <laughs> so he opens the door he's he's like looking up in through the you know the attic there's this really awesome suspenseful shot where he's just panning slowly and you know something's gonna happen i had such a hard time watching that yeah and this made me jump so bad. It was so good. It's, it's like you know something's going to happen. Yep. But it still gets you. There's this You're kind of mad that it gets you anyway. Yeah, yeah. There's this boy who like shrieks and like reaches out for the camera. Um, It's weird because like, again, and maybe you can speak on this, but I don't know what, what, what was this boy? The second movie kind of talks about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> do you want do you want to elaborate or is it not is that not worth it for now? So I'm trying to dance around it because if you ever watch it, the second movie literally takes place fifteen minutes after the events of the first movie. Mm-hmm. And in the same building. So there are more revelations to to be had. Yes. Okay. Yes. If you're curious. Again, I do recommend the second one. I can't speak to the third and the fourth. All right, then then we'll just casually gloss over the the boy, <laughs> the, the boy in the attic. There's just there's just a boy. So, obviously that that's a scare. So then he he, you know, he backs away the uh Pablo jumps back. Um and then they're, you know, they're freaked out trying to figure out what to do and then across the apartment they witness oh yeller <laughs> a like very demonic looking very skinny malnourished yeah. woman who's like mostly naked kind of very like i don't know how to describe her her body movements but they're like incredibly creepy she's just not kind of, human anymore more r- or less right right yeah um, and she's just kind of like very wobbly, almost like 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 um, a slender man kind of figure. Yeah, kind of just like you know bouncing around the room with you know holding a a hammer, yeah. <laughs> armed, <laughs> um, very creepy, <laughs> coming towards them, and you know they're talking to each other like. Oh, there's something over there, and what is it? I don't know. Like, so they hide in the darkness, and it kind of, and yeah, I don't. I think it's we're supposed to assume that it was released from the attic. Am I correct in saying that? Either that or that that apartment is bigger than we think. 
and she was okay. just around there <laughs> because because when i first watched it that's what i assumed like she this yeah this monster th- creature was like just somewhere else and just kind of happened to like come into view and they didn't know that they were with it the whole time yeah but the more i read about the quote-unquote lore about like what was happening I was more led to believe that it it was released from the attic. Um, that makes sense. So I'll, I'll I'll finish the scene and then we can talk about what we think. What like what we specifically think the lore was. So yeah. So they are hiding in the dark, which I always have a hard time with hiding in the dark movies because, you know, you're like freaked the fuck out you're gonna be breathing heavy and but it's like a, a silent apartment and this yeah. thing is like yeah. a foot from them it was very tense very very good um but yeah that's just like a thing i have to like forget about um and it's just, it's just like i don't know what it's trying to do it's just like rummaging kind of just chilling in its apartment and they decide to make a run for it so it's it's like has its back to the most of the room so they decided to like sneak out but then um do they knock something over i don't really remember like the camera guy knocks something over yeah, yeah. so so they like cause a, a ruckus and then that scares the monster and it freaks out and it starts smashing stuff and, and it, it starts, hits it hits poor pablo yeah so it, it starts to attack pablo with a hammer and that was a very mm. intense moment and then she and then and then she starts to eat Pablo. <laughs> right. So the camera's laying on the ground and um Angela's trying to escape so she's like crawling along and this is like this is the iconic scene from like the trailer mm-hmm. where she's like trying to quietly, you know, sneak out but then the monster grabs her by her ankles and she gets dragged into the other room and that's how the movie ends. So, if we weren't explicit about it, I feel like we were kind of dancing around it. The virus is demonic possession. Yeah. Um, and that that is the major difference between wreck and quarantine. In quarantine, it, that has nothing to do with it at all. It is... When they go into that at, that like attic or that top level room, they, there is a bunch of newsca- newspaper clippings um, belonging to like again like same kind of thing, same like the tenant like doing experiments and stuff. But it's not because of demonic possession; it's because this person that lived in that room was a member of a doomsday cult that broke into a military biological facility and stole a biological weapon called the Armageddon virus. And oh. the virus is like a form of rabies, which again is like, it's just like America trying to like rationalize something um, or like make something like explainable. I think something that like we haven't really talked about, like Spain is a very religious country mm-hmm. and is also pretty superstitious about this type of thing. So it makes sense that this is the conceit of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Anyway, you 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 sounded like you wanted to talk about the lore. Right. So like I said earlier on in the other movies that I've I've watched recently, I love the idea of is it you know, is it is it backed by science? Like, is it just like mental health? Is it just mm-hmm. a virus? Is it a sickness, or is it unexplainable? Because like when it's unexplainable, you just don't know. But like, mm-hmm. but in this movie, it's like it's almost both. Um, but because like, you know, in every zombie movie we've ever seen, or any zombie story we know, it's always like you become a zombie if you get attacked or bitten by another zombie. Yeah. So it's and like it's a, and it's like a virus. It's yeah, like a sickness. Exactly. But something that was explained in the the comic book was that it is literally a worm that is a demon that okay. gets that gets transferred through saliva. Okay. So it's almost like literally both things. This helps me a lot because one thing that is like super glaring about the movie that like I always try to not think about too much is like how do you pass possession through saliva? <laughs> yeah. So it's um, it's weird cuz like you know like in in all of demon lore that we know about at least in the context of our experiences in the United States it's like it usually is like a spiritual thing. It just like latches onto one person and that's how mm-hmm. it stays put. But mm-hmm. um, when it comes to a movie like this, it's like the demon exists attached to a a transferable virus per se. But it's, it's literally yeah. a worm. And a, yeah, like a tangible thing. Right. Yucky. <laughs> which which you know like people have done this kind of idea in, in different ways like you know like cursed objects or yeah even sure. when I, even when I was talking about this the exorcism of Emily Rose it's like the lawyer who was doing the case was getting haunted because she's mm-hmm. involved with the story around mm-hmm. that person mm-hmm. so it's like yeah. It, yeah you're like you're it's like it's, it's attaching itself to you because you're involved yeah it's my initial my initial reaction is like it's kind of it's kind of goofy but it's also kind of cool I think it's I don't super- know where you come down on it so when I first saw it I really liked the I so my, my, my initial thought was that because this person was infected that people thought because they're acting so crazily that it has to be a demon from a, from a religious perspective. Mm-hmm. But like knowing that, you know, basically what I was saying before about like, if you can't explain it through science then it has to be supernatural slash religion. Yeah. Um, so could it have been like, that this this girl was just infected by a virus acting in a weird way that can't be explained by science, so that therefore she needs to be exercised. But, but <laughs> uh, I hesitate to say this because it, it does get kind of intense, and as comic books do. Um, so apparently, the story goes further in that the yeah. Doc- do they explain the worm? Kind of. Okay. 
So, um, trigger warning, uh, rape content. Um, gotcha. Tristiana apparently was raped by priests. Oh, God. And, and that was how she was infected by this demonic worm. Um, I don't Yikes. Know, I don't know any more about it than that, but that's apparently what happened to her. So then she was essentially patient zero and then brought this um, infection out to the world. Um, so the priest in the story, you know, was like trying to, at least in the comic books. So that's what I was saying. We were saying before, like how he was trying to find a cure in the comic books. He's trying to destroy her and the infection mm-hmm. and he couldn't figure out how to do it. Hence why he put her in the attic and then, oh. and then they let her out. But then I think while he was doing the experiments, the the infection was released into the building. Um, I think I don't think we really mentioned it while we were talking about the movie, but like there was mention of the dog having the one family. Yes, where, where the daughter was sick. Yes, because um, didn't the didn't the dog lick her or something? Yeah, they had they took the dog to the um, veterinarian. Yeah, and um, it was mentioned in the story that the dog—that's why the the police and right the right, government right. came to the building to to quarantine the building. That's how they knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dog was infected and acting insane, so they they traced it back to the building to trap them all inside because like the dog was acting incredibly unusual, <laughs> incredibly yeah. aggressive, and yeah, it was yeah. attacking all the other dogs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Oh. Yeah, so it goes there. It goes there a little bit. <laughs> oh man, how do you feel? Good. I yeah. I really like. I really. The movie was super intense. It's um, good to go from Cloverfield Paradox to this. Yeah, <laughs> a little redemptive. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's. It's a unique movie, and I think. Quarantine is good up until the point that it Americanizes it with the with the where they change the where they change the virus more or less, um, and I think that's why Wreck works so much better than Quarantine does because it's like it's inventive, um, mm-hmm. and has like you know different ideas of like what zombies can be and stuff like that, because um, like up until the point of the attic scene, it's basically. A zombie movie, right? And then you find out why they're zombies, and then you're like, "Oh boy!" <laughs> and it's um, it's funny because it that happens in a matter of like three minutes. Mm-hmm. And I guess they just kind of want to be like, "Well, here's why." And that's yeah, most of the beefy stuff is like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, like story stuff. I mean, yeah, but um, but a lot of people will tell you that the last couple minutes of that movie are some of the scariest moments it's true it's hard for me to watch without like partly covering my eyes <laughs> it was tough <laughs> but it was very well done super good yeah. oh it feels good yeah we got um, we got there any closing thoughts arguments feelings questions i don't have any questions i don't i don't know i feel like we i said all that i needed to say and i think it was 
super cool. It's a, yeah, it's it's a really it's a really good movie, and again, a really good use case of found footage. Mm-hmm. Um, before the concept was kind of solidified and proven to be like uh, as effective as it is, and I don't even think like I think probably Paranormal Activity was probably the movie that really blew up that whole genre if i had to like put a finger on it um but yeah really good good use case of it and the next movie that we're watching is like maybe the first yeah i don't know, I don't know. If, if it was the f- probably yeah i think it's known as the first right i would i'd have to look it up i i would want i would want to know i'm not sure because at least the, at least in the context of horror i mean i i can't think of anything else that was earlier than that yeah um and again you might be wondering like is blair witch action i think there's an argument that can can be made because like you know um i mean i'll get to it into in into more of that in the next episode but yeah i think there's an argument that it can be made that it has action elements well, maybe once October's over, we'll do like Born Identity or something. If, if like people, I are do up, like those movies. If people are upset, <laughs> and I know you like those movies, of course. Um, yeah. So next movie is uh, Blair Witch Project. Very excited. We both really like that movie. It's um, it rules. It's so good. Hopefully, we can have Andrew on. That would be great. Um, and he can talk more about the movie that he worked on and then also be a fun guest to have. Um, but yeah, yeah, any last any last thoughts, Andy? I just want to I just want to wish everyone out there a really merry Christmas. Thank God I thought we have to wish everyone a merry Christmas. We need it now more than ever. Um, what I want for Christmas is to not be sick anymore. <laughs> Um, I think I'm finally getting there, thank God. Uh, but yeah, so thanks again to to Mello for allowing us to use his uh, the or their track, uh, the welcoming off of their album Atmospheric Horror Music Volume Two. If you've never checked out their music before, definitely check it out. They're really good. They've done a bunch of a uh, bunch of really cool albums and stuff like that. But yeah, this has been. Uh, this was a great movie, and I can't wait to talk about the Blair Witch Project on the next movie. So please look, leave cookies out for Santa, and have a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. 